Welcome back to Rough in the Basket. This is your host, Noah Byrne, accompanied as always by my co-host, Brendan Carr. Carr, I'm going to warn you, man. I just finished a math test. I'm in. I'm not in a good mood, so there's going to oh, be some no. serious ranting tonight. Oh, I have no, no patience. Oh, this is going to be a good episode then for everybody, but welcome back. Noah just finished a math test, and he's ready to, he's ready to rant. I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, all I'm saying is I was, uh, you know, I was cranking out some numbers, trying to uh, figure out some formulas and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I just realized during that test that, you know, throwing 51%, 179 yards (laughs) and one touchdown and two interceptions against one of the worst defenses in the league is freaking terrible. Like, dude, Baker Mayfield is pathetic, man. I'm sorry. I've said this. I'm not, like, going on the bandwagon of uh, Baker Mayfield hate right now. I've said this since probably week one. I've said I don't think that he's the future of this team. I think he's holding them back. I think, if anything, they've been winning in spite of him for a very long time. And I understand, again, like I get the argument that he's been a staple of stability for them for the last four years. And, I mean, you can't hate on that because, yeah, there, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have been there that have gone in, gone out, gone in, gone out. I think there was something like 19 or 20 quarterbacks. They started over like a 20-year period. It was, it was something terrible like that. Something bad, yeah. Yeah, so, look, I, I can't say that Baker Mayfield has been all bad there. There has been some good moments. There's definitely been a lot, a lot of better moments with him as quarterback than, you know, any other quarterback they've really had over the last 20 years. But I think his time is coming to a close, just like Mike Nagy's time is coming to a close. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> I don't know why I just brought him up, but I mean, he's another guy that's going to get the can. But, you know, when you think about it, he was eight and eight for two years. I mean, he led the Bears to playoffs his first year being there, kind of turned them around. But his time's coming to the end. That's for sure. Bears suck. Um, Lions (laughs) suck as well. Browns suck too right now. So, like I said, I'm Noah's going. Noah's off the the rails right now. This math test is like really done something to him. A uh, really hot start. But look, my main point in all this is I don't believe Baker Mayfield is a future. I've said this for a while now, and I think, you know, the stats prove it time and time again. Look, when you have one of the best running games there is right now, and, you know, you're only throwing 10 touchdowns and six interceptions uh, through 10 games, you haven't really done anything. I mean, there's been multiple times for him to prove himself. Um, go down the field. I mean, one game that stood out to me is the Chargers game. You know, uh, there was uh, it was big back and back and forth, back and forth. But it seemed like he wasn't moving the needle. It was more so the running game that was doing a lot. And you know, he he didn't end up coming up with the play when they needed it. And there's been multiple examples of that this season. I mean, Nick Chubb bailed them out against the Lions. The Lions are still uh, winless, and uh, unfortunately, I don't see that changing in the foreseeable future. But um yeah Baker Mayfield man what are your thoughts you agree you disagree I agree um and I've never really been a big Baker Mayfield guy either but it's been really bad this season um I'll give him the benefit of the benefit of the doubt that they're really he hasn't really had all that much of great weapons to throw to I mean him and Odell really never had that connection Jarvis Landry's kind of been injured this season um I like Donovan Peoples-Jones, but I don't think he's, you know, a number one receiver or anything. So granted, his weapons haven't been great, but you still can't have, you know, you still can't, you know, have the stat line that he did against the Lions. I mean, 176 passing yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. 
I saw one of the interceptions and it was straight up awful. I don't, I don't know if it was a, a bad route by the receiver or just Baker missing him and overthrowing him, but it's not great. And, you know, this is a quarterback that's due to have, you know, a, a payday you would think, but he kind of keeps playing him, himself into not having that. And look, I, 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 I mean, the Browns have to really, you know, sit down and really think about what they want to do with this guy they really haven't had stability with their quarterback position. I think a lot of people thought Baker Mayfield would provide that, which he has for three, four years now, but he's still not going to be their guy. That's going to take you, you know, to that next step. Browns have a fantastic offensive line. We know that Wyatt Teller is an absolute monster. I don't know if you were watching the game or well, you probably were, but he had a couple of big, big impact blocks on some of the Lions players. He's a beast. You have Nick Chubb there, um, Kareem Hunt. You're going to be getting him back to Ernest Johnson's a player. So you have the running game. You have the offensive line. And the Browns' defense is good. You know, Miles Garrett is probably the front runner right now for defensive player of the year. Um, they have a good team, but they just don't. I think Baker kind of makes their ceiling. Um, he really kind of caps their ceiling. You know, he doesn't really – give them that, you know, boost like some of these other quarterbacks do. And I think it's holding them back. I completely agree with you. And we'll just have to see what ends up happening. I mean, the Browns, they're in a, they're in a really interesting situation because is there another option that's better out there? I don't know. Could they be in the market to make a trade? Maybe. But this team, I think, is like a lot of some of these teams in the NFL. They're just a quarterback away. And they have – the Super Bowl roster, but they just don't have the quarterback that can take them there. So it's just, it really puts them in a really bad situation. And like I said, one touchdown, two interceptions, 176 yards, 51% completion percentage, a QBR of uh, 53.2 against the Lions. You got the win, but I mean, it's not good. Yeah, like the thing is, is they're number one in rush yards per game right now. Their their rushing attack is incredible. They have three guys that can rush the ball. Obviously, you know, Kareem Hunt has been banged up the last few weeks, hasn't been really been playing that much. But then, you know, Nick Chubb has been killing it all season. And then, you know, when when he goes down, they bring in uh their their other guy. Jonas Johnson. Exactly. You yeah. know, I, I couldn't remember his name for a second, but you had that big game where he had uh, 146 rush yards and touchdown against Denver. And then, you know, he also had 99 yards uh, rushing against the Patriots. And the Patriots, as we know, are a very, very strong defense. So to be able to do that, I mean, he could realistically start or at least be thrown in the mix next season for another team um, at the running back position. So they just have so much going on. I I will give Baker Mayfield the benefit of the doubt with one thing, which is that, he doesn't have very many weapons apart from Jarvis Landry. And maybe you can throw Austin Hooper in that category. But then again, he's not exactly a household name, although he has had two seasons with 70 receptions or more. So, I mean, when they throw to him, he does usually catch the ball. But, you know, I, I don't I don't want to give him all that much of a benefit of the doubt. You had Odell, man. You had Odell in his prime. And, you know, he had an unfortunate injury last year. But there was a reason why Odell was upset with this team, and it's because Baker was not giving him the ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think, you know, Odell on his part did have a few very bad drops. There's a few games I watched where I was like, man, that he's he's not playing like he used to. But 
I, again, I think it goes back to the quarterback. Great quarterback can make, th- make things happen in a very short amount of time. Like, we just saw that. I mean, granted, Packers lost yesterday. However, uh, you know, the, the Packers were down, I believe, by seven. And, you know, Vikings scored. What happens? One play, Aaron Rodgers gets a touchdown. 75 yeah. yards to the touchdown. Crazy. And that's the thing is good quarterbacks make this happen. Justin Herbert, right? Another example yesterday against Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh was down by 14. They came back Um, again, Ben Roethlisberger, another example, even though he's up there in age, he made things happen to get back into the game. And uh, you know, anyways, going on with my point, Justin Herbert went down the field multiple times and responded multiple times. Even after he had a fumble loss, he came back, he responded and got a touchdown. And, you know, that's the thing is great quarterbacks do this. And I think that, you know, you can even throw Kirk Cousins in that category like we discussed a few weeks ago. But Baker Mayfield is not in that category at all. At this point, I would say he's not even a top 20 quarterback in the league. I I would go as far as saying he's probably not in the top 23, which I should probably do a ranking sometime because I I want to confirm this uh, affirmation that I have right now. You know what? I got an idea. All right. I'm going to start naming some quarterbacks and you tell me. If Baker Mayfield is better than those guys, all right? Let's do it. All right. Jerry Goff. All right. Baker Mayfield is better than him. Baker, okay. How about how about Tua? I take Tua. I think Tua has more potential. Tua. I so I would yeah, so I take Baker over Jared Goff, and I would probably take Tua over Baker Mayfield. Um let me think of other ones. How about Big Ben at this point? In his career, I take Big Ben. I mean, Big Ben responded multiple times in last night's game. Okay, but you know, unfortunately, Baker Mayfield couldn't do the same against yep. the Lions. Yep, yep. I would take big, probably take the Big Ben as well. Um, how about I'm trying to think? How about Tyrod Taylor? I'd take Tyrod Taylor. I mean, that, that might That's be a close. stretch, but look. Hey, Tyrod Taylor did play pretty well with the Bills for a, for a good stretch of years, so. He, he doesn't really turn the ball over that much. He's not really going to give you all that much. But I think they're in the same category. Ty, Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield are in the same category. They're it's close. Yeah. I'll give you that one. How about Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo. If he's healthy, Jimmy Garoppolo, with hands down. Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm trying to think of one last one. Um, how, about, how about Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I agree with all those ones. So, I mean, it's – look, you know, Baker Mayfield, he's just – I mean, he's he's just not going to, you know, move the needle really for, you know, the Browns at all. And I just – I don't know what they go – what they do from here. I mean, could they look for a trade option? Maybe. I, I mean, I would assume that they probably have one first-round pick. Do they use that first-round pick on a quarterback? I, I don't know. The 2022 class isn't great. Um, but they, they really have to think about what they want to do here. Baker Mayfield's contract is almost up. So they have to go and decide whether or not they want to pay him. I don't know if I would pay him, but maybe they give him a a prove it deal. They franchise tag him, see if he can improve, but he just has not improved up until this point. So it's not great right now. No, it's not great at all. Um, I think, but the thing is, is, I still think that they can recover fairly easily, even if they get a guy in there like, this is how low I think of Baker Mayfield at this point of time. I think Mitch Trubinsky could do a better job in that offense than Baker Mayfield, to be honest. I think he could. I think Tua could, uh, Tua could for sure. Uh, Marcus Mariota is another name. I mean, I definitely think there's 
a handful of backups that deserve another chance that probably will get another chance at some point in the next few years because there's about to be an entire switch of quarterbacks in the NFL due to, I mean, age. There's a bunch of guys getting up there in age, and there's a lot of uh, quarterbacks that are underperforming this year. And I don't think there's that many great prospects in the upcoming draft. So I think there are going to be a decent amount of backups that do get a second chance next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, you name some of those names there, and I think it's definitely possible. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, he unfortunately has kind of been injured this entire season. I'm pretty sure his contract is for one year, if I'm not mistaken. You can fact check me on that. Um, you know, you got Marcus Mariota. I think he'll be in trade talks like you mentioned. Hell, do the Browns even give Case Keenum a chance? I don't know if they would do that. Um, but, you know, he could possibly be in that mix. Um, you know, thinking of other quarterbacks in the league, you know. Hey, all I'm saying is Casey, Casey Keenum, when he had that incredible season, that coach that he had uh, on the offensive coordinator side, you know, that, that coach is now, I believe, the Cleveland Browns yes. head coach. Or Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, hey, he, he's one for one so far, 1-0 as their starting quarterback. I mean, small sample size, I understand that, as we saw with Mike White. Uh, you know, small sample size can be very deceiving, but I, I don't know, man. I think, honestly, they're better off just seeing what they have in Case Keenum and seeing if they're able to, you know, at least move the ball downfield better than they can with Baker right now. I mean, you, you bring up a good point. I mean, it's entirely possible, but it's just not a good situation right now. It's just not, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do. They have the roster. You just got to get the quarterback right at the end of the day. So speaking of quarterbacks, I actually do have a fun fact. I just came in here super hot. So you I did, was bro. Like, that math test really got you heated, man. Dude, it was uh it was a rough time, man. I think I got uh I got like an 80 on it, if I'm not mistaken. I, I saw my bad. grade. It was one of those where it was like, you know, it automatically shows you at the end. Yeah, um, which is nice, but still it was dude, it was just a headache going straight from work, going home, and then you know, eating real quick and doing a math test. It's just uh it's not a fun time. It's not um just like the lion season, just hasn't been a fun time, but <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, so the, the fun fact of the day is that, you know, I, I was thinking because nowadays like quarterbacks are so accurate, even quarterbacks that aren't really that great can can throw for uh, 60, 63, 65 percent completion percentage in a season, yep. which is uh, pretty incredible when you think about it. Now, nowadays, um, quarterbacks are more accurate than other well, than uh, any other time in history, really. So I, I thought about it. I was like, you know, I wonder what quarterbacks were doing back in like 1930s, 1940s when the NFL was just getting started. But all right, I'm, I'm just going to actually ask you this before. I don't know how much you know about NFL history. Uh, the first year the NFL was around in 1933, officially, a guy named Arnie Herber led the league in completion percentage. What do you think his completion percentage was? Now, I feel like because the NFL has kind of evolved into being a more offensive league, they were probably really, really physical back in the day, I would assume. And I don't know if like guys back in the day were the type of athletes that we see nowadays. Like, I don't think you'll see a Lamar Jackson running around in 19 in the 1930s or uh, a Calvin Johnson or somebody like that. Like you wouldn't see like these freak athletes out there back in the thirties. Cause you think of those players back in the day, like they're wearing leather helmets, you know, these guys were not even sometimes full-time football players. Like they're, you know, in the military, stuff like that. So I'm going to say, how about 43%? Bro, 
Bro, did, did you like look up this stat just now? That's actually really close. Yeah, 40.3%. I did not, I swear I did not look anything up. I was just kind of going based off of like what I think. Cause like if you think of it, I mean, like I said, like you don't have the same amount of athletes that you have nowadays in the NFL, where I mentioned like Lamar Jackson, Calvin Johnson, you know, like these freak athletes, you know, kind of being around and guys who are their whole lives are dedicated to the NFL back then. Like I said, you know, it's even, even with the NBA, like there was guys who were serving in the military, you know, guys who were, you know, taking time off, like they weren't, you know, putting their bodies through these intense workouts. And like, there was probably so much more physicality back in the day. So I just kind of assumed it was probably like something really low. Bro, can you imagine like seeing Tom Brady win like his sixth Super Bowl, seventh Super Bowl, and then the very next day you just see him ringing out somebody's groceries at Stop and Shop? Like, bro, <laughs> can you imagine that? That'd be crazy. That's that's a no, wild that's, picture. That's but, so crazy. Hey, on top of that, I had a second part of that fun fact, okay. and that's uh, you know, I think one guy that we need to show a lot more respect to in NFL history is a guy named Sammy Ball, who I'm I'm oh yeah. Probably a lot of people haven't even heard of. I know who that is. Guy threw for seventy percent um accuracy in 1945 you know the next time that somebody threw for 70 percent in a season uh, actually take another guess i'm curious if you if you know this so okay repeat it again so sammy ball was the first quarterback ever to throw for 70 percent in a season seven 70 percent completion percentage now who do you think was the next quarterback to do it and in what year Great question. Um, I'm going to go with Joe Montana in like 1991. Or that, I mean, hey, that was fairly close. So it was, uh, it was Ken Anderson, right? In okay. 1982, he did it. So dude, hats off to that guy, man. Well, what a great run. I mean, he held that record for something like several years. I can't dude. do the math right now. I just took a math test. That, that just destroyed <laughs> all the, all the knowledge I have out of my head. That took all my energy away. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's crazy. 35 no, years, something like that, he held the record for. So that's astonishing. Yeah, and I was going to say, Sammy Ball also, I'm pretty sure, like, he did more than just was a quarterback. I'm pretty sure he also played defense. So I'm looking at his stats. He had 11 interceptions in one of those seasons. So, like, he was doing it all. And I'm pretty sure he also was a punter, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, yeah, he was, like, crazy. he was, like, the, the pioneer of, like, the Taysom Hill type of player. But, like, he was, like, Taysom Hill on steroids <laughs> like Dude, he was doing a lot more bro that's wild I, I know that was kind of like a long fun fact but hey I feel like it was necessary to, you know tell the people a little bit of history of the NFL and throw that in there too I, I do like oh, history so it's cool to incorporate that but back to the present day because there's still a lot to talk about so you know going on uh talking about quarterbacks I mean I think we definitely have to throw out there, um, you know, what really what's going on in uh, Philadelphia. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, they have a quarterback situation. Jalen Hurts came into the year as a starter, and it looked like they were going to give him some competition with Gardner Minshew. And honestly, I mean, he's been holding his own this year. I got to give credit to him. You know, on Sunday, sorry, Saturday, I went to a college football game, went to a Boston college football game. And I uh, saw one of the people on the way up. Yeah, it was a great time. First time I've ever been to a football game in person. Fun That's fact. awesome. But yeah, it, it, dude, it was so fun, man. Definitely got to check it out sometime. But Jalen Hurts, um, he, I mean, he's been holding his own. 
uh, oh yeah, point of point of that whole discussion is that somebody that I went with, you know, we we're talking about Jalen Hurts. He was like, "Do you think that Jalen Hurts has a chance to be the future?" I said yes. I mean, I, coming into the season, I probably wouldn't have said that, but he's. I think he's starting to prove people wrong. I mean, the Eagles realistically. Uh, and a lot of people's radars had a chance for the number one pick going into the season. A lot of people were saying they were going to be the worst team in the league. They're five and six, man. They're not all that far out. They're only a few games out of Dallas right now. Do I think they're going to catch Dallas? Definitely not. But Jalen Hurts, I think, is putting himself, he's etching himself in the future. I mean, he has uh, eight touchdowns up until this point rushing. He had three in the last game. And uh, he has 13 touchdowns through the air right now and only five interceptions, and he only has one fumble loss. He's been able to control the ball, which was a big question coming into the season. Is he going to be turnover prone? Is he going to be injury prone? And he's not been either of those two things up until this point. And uh, I'm proud to see how he's playing, man. I, honestly, he's been really fun to watch. Yeah, Jalen Hurts has been great. But, like, I wanted to talk about the Eagles today, too, because, like, not even how great Jalen Hurts has been. He's actually had the number one QBR rating over the last five weeks, which is actually, you know, really impressive for someone who in their freshman season at Alabama was never really the, the best passer in the world, but he's just continuous, <clears throat> excuse me, he's continuously gotten better every single season of his football career. Like, you know, those first few years at Alabama, you saw the passing kind of, progressively get better slowly but surely goes to Oklahoma transfers and has a Heisman finalist type of season you know gets drafted by the Eagles and then you just see the passing numbers get a lot better and like it's crazy to me how people can sit here and say like he's not the future of this team when this guy I mean there's stories of this guy going into the weight room and being literally forced you know physically forced to get out of the weight room like people are pulling him out of there like this guy works his ass off and like that's the type of player that you want like he's slowly starting to get better he has the physical you know attributes as a runner you know he's you know strong in terms of his body weight the throwing he's getting better at it you know this it's still a work in progress but he's developing you see you kind of like the leadership intangibles and the team, you know, is galvanizing around him. And, like, it's great. Like, the Eagles right now are in such a really a really good spot. Crazy enough, the Eagles are 5-6 and six right now, right? They got the Giants. They got the Jets. They have a bye week. The Washington football team, the Giants again, the Washington football team again, and the Cowboys. They Dude, could make the playoffs. That's and, crazy. That's crazy. It? That's an easy schedule. That is so easy. They could make the playoffs. And yeah. right now they're five and six. I believe the Vikings are the seventh seed right now. Yeah, no, the Saints. So the Saints are the seventh seed right now in the NFC and the Vikings are the sixth seed. Um, I don't know if that's correct, but um, you just kind of look at it and the Eagles, they, they have a chance to make the playoffs. Like I think they can make the playoffs this year. Which is which? Be crazy enough. They have they have the team. You know they have they they have the team to do it. The quarterback, you know, obviously, like I just talked about, has been improving. Their rushing attack is second in the NFL. They have the most rushing touchdowns in the league. The pass are actually below average in passing, but I think that's just because they're more of a rush attack type of team. When you have Jalen Hurts, who's 
running the ball. Miles Sanders just came back and had 90 yards. Jordan Howard, he just got injured, but he was, you know, running the ball really well. So their offensive line's really good. Their defense, you know, they're 12th in, in passing yards allowed. Um, you know, you kind of look at the Russian stats. They're like 20th. They hover around that area. But look, I mean, it's it's a team that's, you know, on the rise. They've been really good as of late. Darius Slay has had three defensive touchdowns in his last four games. Former Lion, he's playing really good. Um, and the, the Eagles are just – the Eagles are playing really good football. And I just think, you know, they have a, such an easy schedule where they can absolutely make the playoffs and the future is really bright. They have three first round picks, Noah, next year, three. So they can use that to, you know, build the team around Jalen Hurts. I know they have, they've drafted a wide receiver in the first round, the last two seasons. I mean, if you have three first round picks, maybe they consider drafting another one. Cause I feel like they do need another one, um, another weapon, but they they have a really bright future, and this is a great sign. Um, I'm not a big Nick Sirianni fan, but, I mean, they have such an easy schedule. They can make the playoffs, and it would be really, really good, I think, for the city of Philadelphia to kind of feel comfortable with their quarterback situation moving forward. Yeah, I, I think sometimes their play call has been a little bit questionable at some points. Like, I, I mean, I've seen certain weeks they just haven't really handed the football off that much especially earlier on the season lately they've been doing a great job at handing off the football and actually giving it to some of their running backs because when they rush that's when they're strongest I mean as you said yeah they have a below average passing attack but they don't really need to have the number one passing attack in the NFL to necessarily move the ball down the field I mean the point of the game is just moving the ball down the field and they're able to do this just through rushing the ball I mean, Jalen Hurts makes things happen. I've seen this multiple times watching him play. Uh, he, he might not have that strong of an arm where he's going to just like, you know, throw it downfield and be an absolute gunslinger. But what he does do is he makes things happen with his legs. He holds on to the ball, which, again, big question coming in the season. Was he going to be able to do that? He has been able to do that. He's cut down turnovers. He's gotten more physical. As you said, he's been working his butt off. He's been uh, definitely – I mean, I see a big difference in his body from – the first time that I saw him in Alabama his freshman year till now, I mean, there was one game, I remember this, this was uh, when, when they were facing LSU in the college football playoff, not Alabama, but uh, Oklahoma when he was uh, the starting quarterback there. They got absolutely destroyed. And in that game, my opinion of Jalen Hurts went way down. Because coming into that game, I was like, you know something, if he shows right now that he can, he can perform under this pressure – and he can at least put up a fight against LSU because they were so stacked. They had uh, Joe Burrow, you know, they had um, Jamar Chase, they Justin had Jamar, Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Jordan. Je- yeah, all those guys, you know, and their defense was also top notch at that point. But I mean, he just completely crumbled. But I mean, he's he's come back. He's worked harder. And I really respect him for that because he's uh, in the face of controversy. He's been able to step up. And uh, the, this running game has been incredible all season. I mean, a big shift in the momentum has been also a guy that you might not hear that much about is uh, Jordan Howard. I mean, when Miles Sanders went down, who overwhelmingly has been uh, more or less a little bit of a disappointment this season for them, unfortunately. But when when he went down and he came back the other game and uh, I mean, he did put up some yards, but Jordan Howard stepped up. He uh, he's been able to get a few touchdowns. And I mean, they didn't use him at all up until that point of Miles Sanders injury. And also, also uh, Boston Scott's another guy. He can play in the passing game. 
He can rush. And then, you know, you also have uh, on top of that, you know, um, what, what's that guy's name? Gain, Gainwell, right? Kenny, uh, yeah, Kenny Gainwell. Gainwell, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, they have four guys that can carry the ball down the field, and then you have Jalen Hurts, which is essentially – I mean, he is a running back playing the quarterback position, but he can throw the ball fairly accurately when he needs to. And uh, it's it's been fun to watch for sure. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, Devonta Smith has been fine, but I do feel like that they could use another wide receiver in this room. I mean, other than him, like Jalen Rager's really not doing much. Uh, he's kind of been a bust at this point. Quez Watkins hasn't really done much. I mean, Dallas Goddard's kind of been, emerging you know with Zach Ertz being gone but I think another weapon would be good for this team um I know they have I think 34 million in cap space next offseason as well um I don't think they have any two I don't think they have a lot of big name free agents it's a lot of their veteran guys like Brandon Graham Ryan Kerrigan I think is a free agent um but look they they can absolutely you know make a move for uh you know someone to kind of come in and you know be another weapon for Jalen Hurts I think it would only help him and like I said they have three first round picks could they consider it I mean they've drafted a wide receiver you know the last two drafts but when you have three first round picks then maybe it's a little bit more flexible and you can kind of decide for yourself like okay well I can get another wide receiver because I have two other first round picks I can use and the wide receiver class this upcoming year is pretty good um, I really like Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I think he would be someone that kind of fits that wide receiver one role for them. Uh, like a Drake London from USC or David Bell from Purdue. Like these are guys that can come in and, you know, prove to be effective for them. So it, it's possible. I really like the Eagles moving forward, you know, the draft picks, their quarterbacks. I think they have that right right now. And I think they're on the rise and they can make the playoffs this year, which is awesome to kind of think about. Like they have such an easy schedule. They can absolutely do it. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, staying in that division, Dallas had a really rough loss this week, but Mm. again, you know, they did have their best wide receiver was out of the game. The majority of the game in uh, CD lamb. And then, you know, he had the concussion early on in the game Yep. and then Amari Cooper also like he he's been dealing with COVID, you know, uh, yeah. hopefully he recovers COVID very soon. He's back, but you know, they didn't have two of their main weapons and the chiefs defense is they, they improved big time, man. Like I, again, I really thought there was a huge overreaction with the chiefs to start off the season. I, I have that sound bite. I said, man, they're going to make the playoffs without a problem. People just need to relax, you know, give them some time. I don't really want to get into the Chiefs that much because, I mean, we, we already know what they are, a great football team. But Dallas Cowboys, you know, after that loss, I've definitely heard some people speculate, are they legit? Are they going to bounce back, you know? But, again, I think they're playing a great football team. And the Chiefs, what they did through the first few weeks of the season does not define the football that they're playing now. And with that being said, I think, you know, I mean, Dallas was coming off of a great win, a 43-3 to win against Atlanta. There's good and bad weeks in the NFL. I don't think it's anything to really overreact about. And uh, I think they're going to definitely recover. And they're playing Las Vegas next week, who is uh, kind of reeling right now, kind of definitely uh, going in reverse, unfortunately. Yep. They're 5-5. Five and five. They've lost uh, their last three games. And uh, I see them losing uh, a fourth straight against the Cowboys. 
Yeah. Um, I just think it was a bad game for the Cowboys. I mean, look, there were just a lot of mistakes, uh, penalties, drops. It just wasn't their game. And, you know, you don't have Amari Cooper because of him being on the COVID list. You lose C.D. Lamb, you know, to start the game. So you're already down two of your best playmakers. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, I think, also missed some time in this game as well. So, like, there was just a lot of bad luck. And, look, I mean, the Chiefs defense has been playing really good. And, you know, I got to tip my cap to them. They have been kind of bailed out another kind of a dud performance from Patrick Mahomes again. Um, you know, we were praising Patrick Mahomes last week for the game he had against the Raiders. But and now another game where he had, I think, what, like 220 yards and an interception, I think, off the top of my head. Like, wasn't a great outing for him. Um, but I'm still not worried. I just think it's just been a really rocky season for the Chiefs. But they've been able to win games. And I think I'm in the same boat with Noah where I think they'll make the playoffs and I think they'll be fine. But it's good that the, their, their defense is starting to kind of pick things up and they just need their offense to be a little bit more consistent. Um, and I think they, you know, have the best chance out of anybody to go win the Super Bowl this year, if they could do that. Um, it's just an if, if they, if they can do that, but we'll see. Um, but the Cowboys, I think that Raiders game will definitely be a bounce back game for them. Um, hopefully CD Lamb's able to play. I don't think Amari Cooper is going to be able to play just because it's a short week. Um, but I think, you know, they'll be able to bounce back against the team. Like you said, and the Raiders, they're kind of reeling right now. And yeah, I, I just feel confident um, that they will. And for the Chiefs, I mean, their defense, like I said, has been playing good. Their offense just needs to pick things up again. And if they can do that, then God, the NFL, watch out because we know how good this team can be when they're hot. Yeah, for sure, man. Do you, do you think that the Cowboys, their cap, like their, their limit is a Super Bowl? Or, or where do you think that they fall right now in, in the tiers of the NFL and the NFC? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I think the Cowboys, I think they can make a Super Bowl. Um, I think they have a really good roster and I just don't, I just don't know. They have a roster to do it. I don't know if I trust Mike McCarthy completely. Um, I'm not really sold on him yet, but when you have a quarterback in Dak Prescott, who's a top 10 quarterback, really good offensive line, you know, you have potentially the best wide receiver duo in the NFL and CD Lamb and Amari Cooper. Um, they're right in that tier, I think, you know, among the best. And, you know, a defense that has some good playmakers on there, they definitely have a shot. Um, sometimes you're going to have these really off games, you know, against the Chiefs, your offense doesn't, you know, do enough. Um, you know, you have some injuries, some unfortunate things that happen throughout the game. It happens. But I do really like their team a lot. And I definitely think a Super Bowl could be, you know, in the in their uh, future. But with the Cowboys, we've seen it every year, basically, it seems like up until this point for the last 20 years where they've had this hype to them and they have just haven't finished in the playoffs. I do like their team this year. I think this is one of the better teams we've, I've seen from them in a while. Um, probably since the last, probably the last time I was confident, this confident about a Cowboys team was probably when Dak and Ezekiel Elliott were rookies because I believe that's when they went 13 and three. Um, so... Well, we'll just have to see. I mean, I, I think a Super Bowl is definitely, in, you know, a, a possibility. 
the NFC is a very loaded conference, as we know. So it'd be tough for them, but I definitely think that they could be in the running for that Super Bowl um, picture. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be fun down the stretch for sure. Um, I mean, I really think like Washington is an X factor here. I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs, but they really hold the key to the division when you think about it. I mean, they play the Eagles twice. They play the Cowboys twice. So, you know, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens. And and that's all in a four-week window. That's pretty – wow, that's that's crazy. It's uh, Dallas, Philadelphia, Dallas, Philadelphia from uh, week – you know, what what is that? Week 15 through – no, week 14 through 17, something like that. Anyways. Anyways, it's important games. They're important games. Watching a football team are, is going to be a team that can play spoiler, so. And, I mean, they've gotten hot as of late. Uh, I mean, we didn't really talk about the defeat at all that Tampa Bay had last week at the hands of Washington football team. They had a big blow in that game where they lost Chase Young for the season. Very yeah. unfortunate injury for them. Um, but, I mean, I guess I'll take this opportunity to talk about them a little bit because nobody really talks about the Washington football team right now. And they're four and six. And they're still not – like, when you really think about it, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they're really not out of it. I mean, because this division is still rather open uh, when, you know, you see that all these important games happening down the stretch. Now, you know <clears> – <throat> I, I think that they, they did get a big win against Tampa Bay, that's for sure. And now, you know, they got a win against uh, against Carolina. And, you know, Cam Newton was back. And Cam Newton did play very well, um, in my, yeah. in my uh, humble opinion. The last few weeks, I mean, Cam Newton has emerged again as a threat in the NFL. And I said, I said from the start, I think this is probably the only – opportunity that he will have in which he will actually thrive in this system I don't know why but I think it's just the element of being back where he started his career where he had all those successful seasons is definitely a big reason why he is returning to form and I think he's just having fun again I think there was a lot of pressure on him when he was in New England I mean look there's been a lot of players that have succeeded in New England system but there has been a fair share that have also failed because they just can't take the pressure. And even guys that have succeeded and just have said afterwards, it wasn't fun playing there. Yeah, I won two Super Bowls, but it was honestly a miserable time, which hey, you won two Super Bowls still, so you can't really complain. But, you know, anyways, in the case of Cam Newton, I believe that may, I, I didn't really see him having that much success in the Patriots system. And, uh, you know, I mean, what, what do you think Carolina's ceiling is? Do you think that they have a shot to make the playoffs or – um, let me ask you this. Who do you think is more likely to make the playoffs, Carolina or the Eagles? Ooh, I think the Eagles. Um, just because of, like, schedule alone, I would pick the Eagles. I mean, look, like I said, they have, you know, the Washington football team in there a couple times. The Jets, I believe, are in there. The Dolphins are in there. Like, they just have a relatively easy schedule compared to the Panthers. Um so that kind of like that reason alone, I would pick the Eagles. But I mean, you know, you look at this, you know, this Panther schedule, they got the Dolphins, I believe, next week, uh, the Falcons, the Bills, the Buccaneers, Saints and Buccaneers. So they haven't played Tom Brady yet. And, you know, that could be two losses right there. So I just feel more confident in the Eagles schedule than I do the Panthers. So that would kind of lead me towards picking the Eagles, getting in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that kind of answered my question immediately, just 
seeing Tampa Bay on the schedule twice and knowing how dangerous Tom Brady is down the stretch, yeah, I mean, that definitely answers the question. But, so yeah, we're, we're going to transition over to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, they're 6-5 of five right now. There's so many teams just on the cusp of either making the playoffs or being outside of the playoff chase. But the Colts are in it. And Jonathan Taylor had a Derrick Henry-like game going for 185 yards rushing, four touchdowns, and then he caught three passes, and one of those was were a touchdown. In total, five touchdowns on a day. Car, what do you have to say about that performance? I mean, that was one of the one of the best performances I've seen from a running back in a really long time. I mean, you know, I think you said it perfectly with Derrick Henry. I think it was kind of one of those games where Derrick Henry has, you know, those like games where he rushes for 200 yards and like three or four touchdowns. It's very similar to that, but five touchdowns from Jonathan Taylor is just He's incredible, and I knew that he was going to be a good running back, but, God, I didn't think that he was going to be this good. Um, he's been absolutely incredible, and I've just been really impressed with him, you know, from his rookie season where he kind of started off slow, and he really had a very strong end to the season where he had a couple – I think he had a 200-something-yard game in his last game against the Texans and some 100-yard games and stuff like that, like – he had been really, you know, picking up the steam. And now you see him just basically, I think, putting the Colts on his back. I mean, he's been the engine to this offense, like very similarly to Derrick Henry with the Titans. And I don't know, Noah, if you think this, but like, I don't think it's crazy enough to say that this guy has an MVP, like, you know, debate, I think. I think he could potentially be the front runner right now because, look, Josh Allen lost yesterday to him and not have, did not have a good game. Lamar Jackson didn't play yesterday. Aaron Rodgers had a great game, but he lost. Matthew Stafford hasn't looked great. Tom Brady just lost to the Washington football team. Kyler Murray hasn't played in a month. You know, like, it just it, – it feels like that Jonathan Taylor has some sort of, you know, kind of pathway to win the award. Do I think he will? Probably not because it's a quarterback award. And I think one of these guys can kind of step up and take over that spot. But I mean, a performance like that five touchdowns from scrimmage, which I think is the most in Colts history. Um, he had like 50 fantasy points, something ridiculous. Like he's just, he's so good. And like, I'm just so surprised that he's been able to be this good only in his second season of, you know, playing in the NFL. He has a real shot, I think, to be, probably the best running back in the NFL at one point. I mean, he probably is right now just because Derrick Henry is injured, but I mean, he is, he has everything that you're looking for. He has the size, he has the speed, he has the vision, you know, just kind of the cutting ability, even his receiving chops have gotten a little bit better. Like I think in Wisconsin, like they really never threw him the football, but now like you're seeing, he caught a touchdown pass yesterday and, you know, was able to make a man miss and kind of fight his way into the end zone. He's just, He's the complete package and he is an unbelievable player. And he's just been, he's been the Colts offense. He's just been the Colts offense and it helps. He has a really good offensive line, but I mean, he has been absolutely electric this season. And I am very look, much looking forward to seeing what he does in his NFL career, but this has just been ungodly. Like, I mean, you know, kind of even like looking at like, um, you know, his stat lines, you know, over the past, like, what? I mean, like, 
maybe like a couple months. I mean, he's just been absolutely incredible. Um, as I pull up his stats here, he's just, he, I mean, I, I can't say enough about him. I know I'm like gushing about him, but it's just, I mean, he's just been that good. You know, it's, it's hard to ignore somebody that has been this dominant um, this season. 172 yards against the Jets. He had 116 yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 185 this past week against the Bills, 107 against the 49ers, 145 against the Texans. I mean, he's leading the NFL in rushing yards. He's averaging 5.8 yards a carry. He's leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns. He's got 13. I mean, he's just, I just think he deserves some MVP conversation chatter right now. I mean, he's been, he's been carrying the Colts, especially if they make the playoffs and it's on the back of him. I mean, it's hard to not kind of put him in that conversation. Now, regression could end up coming because I think the performance he just had is probably going to be the best performance he has all season. I don't think he's going to top it, but I think it's just been really impressive. I, mean, I just kind of wanted to give him a shout out for the game he had yesterday. Just unbelievable. Um, what a player. And he's only, what is he? He's only like 22, I think. Yeah, he's only 22. So incredible. That's all I have to say. He has a bright future. And I do think right now, right now, you know, Tom Brady, I still think is number one. I think people are just underestimating him because he had a bad game. And, you know, there's a recency bias with that. I mean, this guy's 44. He's still putting up the numbers he's putting up. You know, enough said. I mean, it's crazy. 27 and 7 right now, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. And uh, you know, without without Tom Brady, the Buccaneers are nothing. Let's be let's be real. I don't think that they would even be over 500 without Tom Brady. Or they would be on the cusp of 500. But Tom Brady elevates them to a Super Bowl contender. And every single team he's on is a Super Bowl contender. You know, I think yeah. it's probably Tom Brady is number one. Number two is definitely Jonathan Taylor. I think he's right up there. Uh, I think Matthew Stafford can rebound if he has a big game this week. But I'm going to tell you a surprising one. And I this is going to sound crazy because this is a position that never gets any respect for the MVP candidacy. I think Cooper Cup has a case. I think Cooper Cup has a case just as Matthew case? Stafford does. I'm curious. I just want to hear your case for him. My, my case for him? All right, yeah. fair enough. I think... Right now, when you really look at what this team is doing with the, the Rams, yeah, you, you can give a big part of it to Matthew Stafford for sure. But I think it's just he's – Cooper Cup is definitely leading them to victories. Like, when you look at it last week, right, look at the numbers of last week's game. They really did nothing on offense. They, they were really bad, um, which ultimately led to a loss. Cooper Cup had 13 targets, snagged 11 of them, 11 receptions, 122 yards in a loss. I mean, and this is what he's been doing every single week. Like, right now, he has uh, the most touchdowns in the league for a wide receiver at 10. He has uh, 85 receptions. He has, I believe, about 200 more yards than any other wide receiver does in the league. I think there is a real case to be made. Um, you know, I think it – it's very, it's a very, uh, you know, unnormal thing to say for a wide receiver to have this kind of position. I think he's definitely going to win Offensive Player of the Year because that's more of a wide receiver geared, uh, you know, award. But I, I just, I don't know, man. I think with the way Stafford's played the last few weeks, yes, he can rebound. 
and I've seen him rebound, you know, as a Lions fan for many years, but it's just, if, if he doesn't, you know, put up these performances going forward where he has, you know, four touchdowns, 300 yards a game. And it's something like, you know, two touchdowns and 300 yards a game. And, you know, more than 50% of those yards are going to Cooper cup. I think there's a real chance he does have some kind of discussion in the MVP race. Although ultimately I do still think Tom Brady is probably going to win the award. Which I think can absolutely happen. Um, I mean, Cooper Cup right now has, I mean, he's been incredible. He, I don't know when the last time this has happened. You can fact check this while I'm talking, but he right now leads the NFL in receptions, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. I'd like to know the last time that's happened. I think it was Michael Thomas, honestly, not that long ago, but. It might've been, I don't know. Even if it wasn't like, if he can keep up the pace where he leads the league in receptions, yards and receiving touchdowns. I mean, that I think you you can probably make an argument. Usually with wide receivers, though, it's kind of been something where if your wide receiver is playing great, it usually means your quarterbacks also have a really historic season. And we know that that award is kind of catered towards quarterbacks. But I mean, he's just I mean, it, it, he's been awesome. He's been by far in a way the best slot receiver in the league this year. I mean, I think. I can't think of anybody else that's kind of, you know, in his tier right now in terms of purely from the slot, but receiving receptions, 85 receiving yards, 1,141, which is, I think 200 more maybe than Debo Samuel, who I think is second right now in the league. And then you've got 10 receiving touchdowns for cup. And I mean, it's, he's just been great. He's averaging 114 yards a game, which is the most in the league right now. I mean, Cooper Cup's best season came back in 2019 where he had 94 receptions, 1,161 yards, and 10 touchdowns. And that was in 16 games. Played 10 games so far, 85 receptions, 1,141 receiving yards, and 10 receiving touchdowns. Basically the same stat line, but six less games. So that's kind of just how great have he that that's how great that he's been this season. Um, he's awesome. And I just think he's such a weapon where he's so good in the slot. So good at just getting separation in the slot route running yards after the catch. He's awesome. And he's just a fantastic player. Yeah. So actually I did a little bit of research while you're talking. Michael Thomas did not lead the NFL in touchdowns that year. He did lead the league in reception, set the record at 143 or five, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, it was something like that. And he also did have about 1700 receiving yards However, he did not lead the league in touchdowns. There were three players that were ahead of them, and one of them was actually Cooper Cup, coincidentally enough. And uh, Cooper Cup that season, as you were saying, he had uh, basically in a 16-game season, the numbers that he has right now through about uh, 10, 11 games. So there's still a lot of time for him to, you know, he might actually hit the record of uh, Michael Thomas or at least get kind of close to it. You know, there's still time left. If he keeps doing what he's doing and averages, you know, 10 receptions a game, which I think he's fully capable of, and he continues this down the stretch, I mean, I still think there's a there's a case to be made for him as uh, the MVP award winner. Although, you know, Tom Brady is still number one in my book. Uh, but And Derrick Henry probably would have been number one if he didn't go down. But unfortunately, that injury happened, and, uh, you know, that it, it, those kind of things happen in the NFL. But... So I'm looking at it, and I think the last person to do it was Steve Smith back in 2005. 
he had 103 catches, 1,563 yards, and 12 receiving touchdowns. But those those numbers, don't get me wrong, very impressive. But, like, nowadays, like, that's not that crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. compared to some of the things you're seeing nowadays. it's And, like, looking at Cooper Cup's numbers right now, I mean, it looks like he's going to shatter them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's don't get me wrong, Steve Smith's a fantastic player. We all know. I love Steve Smith. But, yeah, he had 103 receptions, 1,563 yards, and 12 receiving touchdowns. Right now, Cooper Cup in six West games has 85 receptions, 1,141 receiving yards and 10 receiving touchdowns. He's going to pass him. And that's just incredible to kind of think about. For sure. It's, it's been a wild season and uh, definitely a lot of ups and downs in the NFL. I think that's, that's one thing that we have to take into consideration is uh, it seems like there's always ups and downs throughout the season, but you know, I think it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be a wild ride the rest of the season. Definitely gonna be back next week and uh, talk some NBA and some NFL. Didn't really get into the NBA this week, but we will definitely get into it more next week. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes, sir. And thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, it's a rough in the basket. You guys have been killing it with the support lately. Um, me and Noah just wanted to thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Rough the Basket. Follow us on Instagram at Rough in the Basket. Follow me on Twitter at Bcar underscore 13. And Noah, you can follow that man right there on Instagram at nburnt37. Noah, what do you want to leave the people off with? I mean, look, I, I thought Jared Goff was bad. And then and I saw their backup quarterback, and he played arguably worse. So, hey, Lions uh, – Honestly, we don't deserve uh, Swift right now. We don't deserve his contribution. He he deserves to be in a better place. So I mean, he's 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 the next version of uh, Calvin Johnson in the sense that he's he's gonna probably retire young instead of you know trying to bear the weight of the Lions' losses. So that that's that. Poor DeAndre Swift and Tim Boyle season, everybody. Thank you guys for listening to Rough in the Basket, and we will see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>